today we have Nick, everyone. How exciting is this? I have been going on in this Facebook group for forever on how storytelling is so good. I actually have a whole unit on training on story things, but um, I know not everybody does it, and I still need room for improvement, and I think you guys do, let's be honest. Okay, Nick, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, Joy. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Um, I had quite a few people because I put a post in ClickFunnels community to say, you know, who's the thing. And you got recommended by somebody, actually by a few people. And um, I was like, okay, this is awesome. And I look at your cover photo on Facebook, hence the fact that it's so powerful to have that organic Facebook traffic, right? And I was like, this guy's perfect. And all these other people are messaging me. I'm like, no, it's okay. Thank you. I've got somebody. <laughs> Hi there, my name is Joy Nicholson. I'm an entrepreneur, digital marketer, coach, and mentor. I've been diving in deep for the last year to discover what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur. Not just the fluff that you see on the outside when you see people that are already successful, but what it takes behind the scenes to become successful. What I have discovered was mind-blowing. Millionaires think differently. They have unique habits, focus, discipline, and so much more. Follow along on this podcast where I'll be sharing my journey, the journey of other entrepreneurs, what makes them successful, but most importantly, how it can help you to become successful. This is really, really cool. So this is obviously your expertise. Can you please tell people a little bit about you, where you come from, and how did this whole storytelling thing come about? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm Nick Fitzgerald. A lot of people refer to me as the friendly giant. Um, I'm a husband, father, uh, best-selling author, and a storytelling marketer. And uh, I own, I'm the founder of Friendly Giant Films. It's a video production company that I started um, to be able to help people use videos to tell their stories and all that kind of stuff. And um, I'm based in Utah in the USA. And uh, I have four kids and all sorts of crazy fun happens when you've got <laughs> rug rats running around. But um, <laughs> I, I have been, uh, you know, professionally telling stories for five years now, since 2015. And before that, I worked in corporate America. I was a financial advisor right before I made that jump to become an entrepreneur um, and, and those kinds of things. I actually was fired because I wasn't going to hit my sales numbers. And at 30, almost 35 years old, I was like asking myself that question, what do I want to be when I grow up, right? And so I finally took that plunge and listened to that inner voice um, that told me to do my own thing. So I started my own business in 2015 um, and started running and um, just a little bit like I started a video production company. Um, I didn't even have a video camera of my own. I had to borrow one from my dad, you know, to get started. That's how like convinced like and how committed I was to creating my own thing at this point. Yeah. Um, so I started doing that and, you know, I was getting clients and working with people and trying to build a business because I didn't have a, have a big, you know, a bunch of connections or know a bunch of business owners, that kind of stuff. And um, through my journey of trying to attract clients and get better at my skills with video and storytelling, um, I became a freelance photojournalist for NBC here in Utah. Um, I got to tell hundreds of new stories and, and meet complete strangers and, and go and learn how to tell stories in a really fast-paced environment um, and, and working with Emmy winners and award-winning reporters and all those kinds of things. And then um, from there, I transitioned because um, I was, like I mentioned, I have four kids. We were, at the time that I started my entrepreneurial journey, we had lost everything. We were living in a renting a basement apartment from a family member and we had nowhere to go but up. We were on food stamps and Medicaid and the, those programs to be able to help people when they're struggling. Um, and so to make to make ends meet, to pay the bills, I was doing this freelance work, but then I transitioned to also working on film. So I worked 
on 13 Hollywood feature films that were filmed here in Utah um, and a bunch of uh, two TV series and a bunch of commercials as well while freelancing and doing all this stuff. So I started to see storytelling and and the skills work uh, in lots of different ways in different mediums. And I've always been a storyteller and love connecting with people as well. But um, so, you know, I worked with all these amazing Oscar winners, Emmy winners and, and master storytellers. And I was working really hard, but I still wasn't making ends meet. We were still living in that basement apartment. We were still um, struggling every month. And I just said, you know what? Something's got to change. Um, I, I need to be making the money that I need to. I need to fill, fulfill my responsibilities as a husband and as a father. And uh, so I, I made those changes to get back to my roots of helping entrepreneurs and businesses tell their stories. And at the time, I was really focused on making awesome videos to be able to tell those stories because video lives on. It works for you all day and all night. It's an unpaid employee that never calls in sick or asks for a vacation. And uh, so I, I got back to that and uh, started to build my business that way. And I soon found that the way for me, again, I didn't have a whole bunch of people to be able to a book of business to refer to or things like that. I needed to start attracting my own clients. And so I started studying, you know, Russell Brunson is a childhood friend of mine. We've known each other since kindergarten. Um, oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So we reconnected after, you know, we went through elementary school, middle school, high school together. Um, and then we reconnected in 2017 on a more personal level, aside from just being Facebook friends and, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, and so I got some mentorship and guidance on using my skills and experience and expertise to helping other people, which I know that, Joy, you've talked about that in this group a lot. Um, yeah. And as I started doing that, but building it around my stories, I started to attract the right kinds of clients, people that had, you know, $10,000, $25,000 to work on some marketing campaigns and some videos with me, as opposed to people that had two or 300 bucks, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, I started to work my butt off and uh, tell my stories and try to attract the right people. I did Facebook Lives every day. I've done over a thousand of them now in the last two years. Um, and I started to see with the stories that I was sharing that I was attracting more people that resonated with me and that connected with me. And I started getting more business. And so, um, you know, that's a roundabout way to talk about how I got started with and focused on the storytelling um, yeah. stuff. But it's it's I've seen that storytelling is a fundamental human communication. It is the the cornerstone of communication for us as, as people. And uh, that humanity is storytelling. And why not put that humanity into our business um, so that we have relationships as opposed to transactions with the people that we serve? Exactly. And you actually tell stories every day. You just don't realize it, right? It's just yeah. it's persuasion in a nutshell. Exactly. I, this is so cool. I didn't realize that you were friends with Russ and his kitties. This is so cute. Okay, <laughs> so, um, so what is the first thing that you would teach people if you, if they're like in your Facebook group or wherever they meet you? What is the first thing that you would teach them about the number one framework to start with storytelling? Yeah. So, you know, every story, as entrepreneurs, we have to be intentional in what we do, you know, from the moment that we wake up to the time we go to, to sleep, even when we're asleep, we're being intentional with the things that we do. And when it comes to the message that we put out there, we absolutely have to be intentional. Now, how many of you um, that, are, that are watching this, whether it's live or on the replay, have 
been listening to somebody tell a story, you're like at a party or a family gathering or, or a networking event, and they're just talking and going on and on and on, and there's no point. They're just talking because they want somebody to hear their voice, right? We've all been guilty of doing that ourselves, but it's even worse when we're on the receiving end and we're just like, for any opportunity to get out of that conversation. Um, so my framework that I use for storytelling is nine simple steps, and I'll go through them really quickly if that's okay with you, Joy. But um, the first step is absolutely begin with the end in mind, okay? Um, when I say we have to be intentional with what we do as entrepreneurs, the stories and the messages we put out there have to be intentional as well. There has to be a purpose to it. So anytime you're getting ready to do a Facebook Live or type – you know, a Facebook post or even like if you're going as small as a TikTok or an Instagram story, you have to have a purpose behind it. And so you want to ask yourselves this, these three questions, okay? What do I want the audience to feel, think, and do as a, as a result of this story or as a result of what, what I'm going to talk about here? And the reason why we go feel, think, and do in that order, okay, what emotions do you want to them to stir up and to feel an experience? When you can create an emotional experience between you and the audience, whoever they might be, there is going to be a connection to you. They're going to understand you deeper. They're going to understand, you know, the, the things that you're all about, the struggles that you've overcome, all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, and that is always huge when it comes to making a sale down the road. And it doesn't have to be right at the end of that message. It could be, you know, at any, at any point, you know, okay. I think of, uh, and then the, what do you want them to think? After you get, engage the emotions, then you want to get the the thought processes going to so they can see and start thinking about how you can benefit them and how they can, uh, you know, progress with your help. And then do what action do you want them to take? Whether that's subscribe to your YouTube channel or opt into your email list or buy this product or service or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. You have to have that de determined because yeah. I don't know how many of you guys have and gals have, have had this happen, but when it comes to, I hear people talk to me all the time, my clients or people that are struggling with storytelling, they come from one of two places. They're either, I'm kind of boring and not interesting. I don't have a story to tell, like who's going to listen to it. I don't have something, something cool or engaging to tell, or they think, I have lived a whole life full of experience, but I don't know where to begin or what to share versus what to keep private, those kinds of things. When you begin with the end in mind and you set that intention, then you can reverse engineer and you understand and can see your experiences and the stories that you have experienced that you can share that will lead them to your audience to that conclusion as well, okay? So that's the first step is beginning with the end in mind. Have an intention, ask yourself what you want the audience to feel, think, and do. and. Uh, when you do that, the stories will start to reveal themselves. Okay. Um, okay. So step number two is all about the structure of a story. It's, it's, it's funny. People laugh when I say this, but every story has three simple things, a beginning, a middle and an end, right? I talked about just a minute ago being stuck at an event with somebody who's just going on and on and on. Right. Um, there are those instances when there might not be an end, but like every story has those three things, but every great story does specific things within each one of those areas that get the audience to buy in, to join you on the journey, to yeah. uh, support your cause and go on and go on with you and want you to succeed and celebrate in your victories as well. Okay. So um, 
when you, again, are intentional and then you follow the structure. In the beginning, you want to do some very specific things. In the middle, it's all about conflict and, you know, developing those kinds of things. And then the end, of course, is the the resolution and call to action type of things that you want your audience to have. Um, so after after that, step three goes into some of these tactical things that you do within these three areas. And the first one is introducing the conflict early. So that's step number three in this framework. Okay. And when you do that, again, I'm a big Star Wars nerd. If you're watching this on the video, you can see I've got a bunch of, you know, I've got <laughs> I'm over it. my shoulder and, you know, behind my microphone, there's a stormtrooper and all these kinds of things. But I use that as a great example of introducing the conflict early. You know, when that movie, uh, Star Wars A New Hope, episode four, when that starts, the first sentence in the title, you know, the crawl, the words that go up the screen says, it is a period of civil war. So the conflict is introduced immediately. And then the first thing we see is a space battle with these ships, right? And then this, we go inside the ships and see the battle there. And then we go down to the planet where the conflict takes us to, to Luke and the other characters of the story. When you introduce the conflict early, it sets the stage, draws that line in the sand for the audience to either come with us as business owners, as marketers. We want them to choose us or we want them to go away. We don't want people who don't like us to be taking up any of our time or space. So when you introduce the conflict, you get them to make a decision quickly. Um, and obviously, we want that to be to side with us or to go away completely but when we also can engage those emotions they understand our cause like in star wars we see the stakes or we see the the level of pressure that the rebels are what they're fighting against they have a huge enemy that they're outmanned and, and all these kinds of things that draws us in as an audience and helps us side with them and support their cause um and it's the same kind of thing with you okay so next step four is introducing the key characters Every story has a main character. You're the hero of your story. I know that um, Joy has talked about, you know, some of the Epiphany Bridge type stuff and the hero's two journeys and things like that. You're the hero of your story, but you didn't go on that journey alone, okay? There were supporting characters. There are spouses or partners or mentors and guides and friends, family members, um, and, you know, the enemy, the people that bring the conflict into your world. You need to introduce them um, and bring them into the story because, one, it shows your audience that they're not on a journey by themselves as well, that they can't overcome their challenges. But then it also introduces different points of view that support your cause. You know, you think of the rebellion again. We have the droids of R2-D2 and C-3PO. Then we meet Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi and Princess Leia and Han and Chewbacca. And we see these different perspectives and how the cause and the things that you have been working on and, and developing affect more than just yourself and that helps the audience buy in okay, yeah. okay. then um step number five and you can pause me anytime if you have questions that is good uh, i just want to ask does anybody have questions so far and um, we've got people live on here um i just want to see if anybody has got questions but yeah go for it nick this is like i am learning so much okay <laughs> That's what That's what um so step number five is naming an enemy. You know, I talked about drawing a line in the sand. We yeah. have, to, there is a, a person, an entity, whatever it might be that brings the conflict to us. It could be, you know, what happened with me in my, when I was a financial advisor, I was in a partnership that failed. Um, two of my partners decided they wanted to go on themselves. I had to restart my business and I was fighting against all these other, uh, you know, advisors in my firm and 
and all these types of things. I don't name them specifically by name because, you know, I still have some relationships with some of them and I don't want to like slander and things like that. But if the, if you can name it by name, that's fine. For me, I just say like my former partners or my, my financial firm. Right. But you know, if it was a health issue or COVID-19, like we're in the middle of this global pandemic and things like that, name it because that gets the audience again to pick a side and to join your cause. Cause you, you got to have somebody that you're fighting against. Okay. If there is no conflict or no bad guy, like Star Wars would be very not interesting if Princess Leia yeah. flew to get Obi-Wan Kenobi and there was no problem and they went and say like the conflict and the bad guys move the story along and make it interesting. Okay. So name an enemy. Um, okay. uh, step number six is raising the stakes. You know, okay. every story has conflict, but mm -hmm. if the conflict never stays the same, or if the conflict never like grows and becomes more intense, there's no motivation for the characters to grow. Like I mentioned my, my um, really briefly part of my story, like I was fired, I started my own business, I freelanced for NBC, I worked in film and TV and commercials. Um, and then now I help entrepreneurs, you know, with their, with their storytelling and, and those kinds of things. While all of those things are true, I didn't get into the conflict like, I lost my job, so that was the conflict that got me started. But mm -hmm. the reason why I took a freelance job, which wasn't what I wanted to do or what I intended to do, is I needed mm -hmm. to feed my family. I had to make ends meet and take care of my wife and my kids. Um, and that's what led me into film because I was doing everything myself, all the lighting, all the camera work, doing the interviews on, on the news stories, doing the editing and the post-production, all of these things. And film, I wanted to see what it was like to be able to specialize in one area and get really good at it. And so that's what I did. And I learned and I got really good in the lighting and the camera departments in films, um, as well as just learning the whole production process on a, on a grander scale. But what led me to getting back to my roots um, with wanting to help entrepreneurs is I mentioned I was on food stamps and Medicaid and, and those kinds of things. I found out on, it was July 7th, 2017. I got a call from the state of Utah that I was being audited to see if we had received too much assistance in those programs. And I was so frustrated because I was working really hard and making very little money. We were living below the poverty line. I made $25,000, you know, the previous year. Wow. Um, and so I was so frustrated that something had to change, right? So when I, now looking back, you feel more of a connection to me knowing that I went through these other things and I didn't go way deep into all of those things. But now you can see how the conflict in my life led me to the next step, to the next step, to the next step, right? Um, and that's the same with any type of movie that you watch or TV show, especially uh, in those, the conflict always gets more and more complex and mm -hmm. that increases our buy-in as an audience. That's the reason... The conflict and the victory that we see in films and movies are the reasons why people go to the movie theater over and over and over and watch the same movie eight times while it's in the theaters, who make elaborate costumes and go to conventions and all these kinds of things, right? Um, and you can have that same type of response yeah. with your audience. You know, Russell Brunson has that with the ClickFunnels community. He is like 
He literally walks on water in the eyes of that community. And it's because mm. he has shared his stories and we understand the struggles that he's come through. And the same, same goes for you, okay? So that's step number six is raising the stakes. Step number seven is all about being detailed. You know, if you gloss over the details, like I'm meaning by details, I'm talking about sights and smells and emotions and feelings and the people who are around and, and all those kinds of things. When you yeah. can get detailed in those areas, when you're telling your stories, again, it creates more connection points between you and the audience. Um, okay. I have a video that I created for my business where I mm -hmm. tell a little story about going to the movies with my grandma when I was a kid. And um, it's amazing, you know, I talk about the first line is like, one of my fondest memories is going to the movies with my grandma, right? And while not everyone might have might not have the greatest relationship with their grandparents, everyone ha has a grandparent, so there's a connection point. But everyone pretty much that I know and have ever met has gone to the movies at least once. But in that story, I talk about the smell of popcorn and the lights dimming and the music swelling and the way that my my shoes stuck on the sticky floor, you know, and everyone's experienced at least one or two of those things themselves. And again, when you can create those connection points through the details that you share, the audience really gets pulled into the story. OK, um, and it's it's very powerful to be able to to share those. Yeah. Um, step number eight is be genuine. Okay. If you fake your story or make up any part of it, it will come to light. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You think of Jay Shetty. I think it was around this time last year that it was kind of leaked that a lot of the content that he was putting out wasn't his original content, but he was kind of passing it off as his own. And it did a lot of damage to him. He lost a lot of trust for people from people that had, had uh, really believed in him. And yeah. you don't want that to happen. It takes, it can take a long time to build up a lot of trust, but through these powerful stories and through this framework, you can build trust quicker, but it can be destroyed in a snap of the fingers like Thanos, you know, snapping his fingers. <laughs> in, in, in <laughs> yeah. And so, and it's really hard or it almost impossible to rebuild it once that trust is gone. Okay. Yeah. So be genuine, don't make up parts of your story, but also don't feel like you have to cry or make yourself get emotional when telling these stories because when you fake that kind of stuff as well, if, if you're, unless you're Tom Hanks or yeah, it does not translate well through, through the camera or to the audience. It's very, yeah. uh, it's very see-through transparent. Okay. So be genuine. And when you are being genuine and coming from a true place of just wanting to connect and wanting to serve and help people, um, then the power that comes through this, are through your stories is so much more powerful. Like, you know, I know a lot of you, I don't know, I just joined the group today and I'm excited to be a part of it, right? Um, I don't know many of you or any of you outside of joy, but now through just this little, you know, these last 20 minutes or so, you're getting to know me and we're, we're building a relationship, whether you realize it or not, you're understanding who I am, right? So that's what the, the genuine side of things really can just magnify you know, the impact of your story. And then lastly, the last step, number nine, if you ignore this step, all of the other eight steps before it are completely useless. And it is do it now. Don't wait. Okay. If you don't tell your story, if you keep talking yourself out of it, if you keep putting it off, 
um, and saying, oh, well, when I have 5,000 followers or when my audience is bigger or when I make X amount of dollars in my business, then I'll go ahead and publish. When you do that, you, you one, are shooting yourself in the foot and missing out on an opportunity to grow your business and to give yourself a raise with your income and all these kinds of things. But most importantly is you're keeping the people that you are called to serve and that you have, you're building your business for, um, you're keeping them in pain and in the dark. There are people searching for your voice right now. Now they might not know that they're looking for joy right now by name, but when they hear joy's voice and her message, they're going to recognize it. It's going to resonate with them and it will change their life. Just yeah. the same with, as with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you how many times, especially when I was starting out, I know a lot of you are in the beginning parts and building and you're wearing a lot of hats and you're trying to build websites and funnels and email sequences and doing your books and doing all the fulfillment of the products and all, all these things. There's a lot of things to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I cannot tell you how many times, e even during the times when I didn't think anyone was listening, I go to events, I go to, I've, I've been able to speak at, at Funnel Hacking Live. Um, I've been able to do some amazing things in front of people. And I go to these events and I get messages in my uh, direct messages several times a week from people who I didn't even know existed before that moment. Yeah. Thank me for my story or thanking me for this product or for this thing, like how it helped them overcome X, Y, and Z or how they understood just that they weren't alone in their journey and that they could overcome their struggles because they heard of my story overcoming mine. Right. And it's an amazing experience and feeling to be able to have that. And not that you're doing and telling your stories and doing your marketing to get that response. It just happens. It happens. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you, without you knowing it, you have no idea the impact. And some of those people have never become clients of mine or that kind of stuff. And that's totally fine. If my message that day that they heard made a difference and an impact and inspired them or motivated them, helped them to have the courage to keep going forward, then that was worth it. And yeah. I think as entrepreneurs, you know, we have to sell. Mm -hmm. like, I'm in business to make money. I have a house and I have kids and I have a family to provide for, all that kind of stuff. If yeah. you're not in this to make money, you're lying to yourself because you have to. Yeah. But but the when you when you put your best stuff forward and you serve and you give and you're sharing your stories by while you're doing it, then like the reward is so much more than a, a financial you know a check or a deposit in your account. Um, you have true impact and influence to be able to help people to move forward and improve their lives, and that is the power of storytelling. Like I talked at the beginning, humanity is storytelling. Civilizations have been built, destroyed, and everything in between based on the legends and the stories that were shared. Oh, definitely. That is so, so true. Yeah. Um, so, and also just to note, like you don't always know who's watching you. This is the thing. Sometimes people are watching you and you're just like, what? I didn't even know you were following me. And this has happened to me multiple times. And I can imagine, Nick, with you, hundreds of times I'm sure that you don't realize that people are following you. Now yeah. I've got a I've got a question for you on all of this. So yeah. and ask if you have questions, just ask. Um, I see we've been dropping and people are picking up and coming on and off on the go life here, but um, I know they'll catch a replay. But 
as far as videos go, you know, like if you do, like if you build your sales funnels, your sales funnels, absolutely amazing balls, what is the type of video that you have to put in as your introduction to your service or to you as a person, you know, as like your introduction in video? Right. So for me, I, with my film background, I like the the higher production value type of, yeah. of story or, or video. So like my my story on my on friendlygiantfilms.com, like if you go there, the video that's right there front and center is that story of me telling uh, or me telling of going to the movies with my grandma. Yeah. But what I did for it, instead of it just being a talking head telling the story, I actually, you know, got my family members together and we reenacted going to the movies. So like I got a movie theater uh, before it was open and, and things like that. And we kind of did like a reenactment of it, but whether you, you know, not everyone has a budget to be able to do that, but like whether you're sitting in front of your laptop and using your webcam or your phone yeah. or things like that, the important part is if you are comfortable and confident in the message that you're putting out there, um, you know, a lot of on my funnels, uh, like um, I have this this framework masterclass that I just launched uh, a few weeks ago. On it is just like a selfie type of video that I did with a handheld little little point and shoot camera, right? Um, and it converts and it gets things done. It's the message. If you can get the message locked down and identified and built, then you. It doesn't really matter how great it looks. Obviously, there are some things that you can do to make your videos look better than others. But when you can, when you can structure the message the right way, um, then it's it's amazing. But I love being able to to create a visual story that supports and anchors the the whether it's the words or the the, the where the visuals magnify the message and things like that. So. Um, you know, I a lot of my marketing and video marketing that I do is through Facebook Lives. To be honest, I have a group or a page that I go live in multiple times a week, and I teach and give value and that kind of stuff. And there's a there's a value to that when you're sitting and looking almost face to face to somebody like yeah. you and I are right now. Even though it's you're in New Zealand, right, and I'm in America, right? <laughs> and so it's just like whoa, you know. But we're connected through the amazing lens that we have to look through. Um, and so that's my thing is like with videos, I'm not big on graphics and, and bringing all those kinds of things in. I think that the story should be the star of the, of the video, um, the yeah. message rather than bringing in swiping graphic things and, you know, things that distract and can pull away our attention from the message. So keeping it simple and direct and having a purpose is will make any video that you do, whether it's with your phone or with a camera or you hire a videographer or things like that, will take it to a whole new level. That is fantastic. I love it. Oh, we've got lots of work to do, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, any other advice that you've got for people? Okay, so here's a question for you, Nick. I always ask it each and every... I, I don't really see this as an interview as such, but because I'm going to put it on YouTube, I have to ask you. Mm -hmm. um, so... If you have any advice of somebody sitting on the fence and they want to start the business, but they're not quite there, you know, what would that advice be? The biggest thing I could say to that is just do it. Like I, there's a million, there are a million reasons to not do something. <laughs> it's true. Um, but I always say to never let your mind talk your heart out of doing something. I, I let that happen in my life for the majority of my life, I did the responsible thing of getting a real job or, you know, those kinds of things. 
and I hated the work that I did. You know, I, I, I enjoyed aspects of it, but I didn't feel free. I was always dependent on somebody else to see my merits, to give me a raise or a promotion or, or whatever it is. Um, and when I started my financial advisor career, that was 100% commission. So that was my first taste of being able to create something, but I still dependent on others, right? But if you're on the fence and wondering if you should start a business or take that leap and take that, uh, you know, step forward in faith or those kinds of things, yeah, do it. Like, do it now. Don't wait. Like, the, you know, just like step nine of, of the framework. When you do, it's scary. I'm not going to lie. It's not going to be, you know, roses and white picket fences and, and candy canes and gumdrops the whole way. It's scary. <laughs> you're going to fall down. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have times where you're stressed out or lose sleep about it. But yeah. for me, that is 100% worth everything else to be able to be in control of my own destiny, to be able to serve people how I am best built to serve them and to, to be able to go forward that way. Um, and the thing is, is entrepreneurship can feel like a lonely road because your family members or your friends or the people that you know, they might not understand why. Like, yeah. why, or, yeah. why would you want to do that? But you're not alone. You have like this group, there are I mean, lots of other places where you can go to lean in and ask for help and support, even just a, a pat on the back or somebody to just let you know you're not alone. Um, but I tell you, if you're on the fence, take that jump and know that you're not alone, that you have resources, that you have people that support you and want you to succeed. And when you focus on finding those people and being around them, um, then good things will always happen, you know. Um, That's yeah. That's very true.